0: What's the point of the point? And why does it matter? It's the difference between wisdom and glorified banter. The answer has answers all interconnected. Cause no part of true truth should feel they're rejected. You can argue and fight for each nugget of knowledge and defend each new truth as you would in college. But the real true answer is just how they're adjoined. Cause what we're all really seeking Is the point of the point? The deep, profound suffering, the sacrifices, the unending string of feeble hopes and squashed and squandered dreams, a mission greater than self. Yet, defeat after defeat, nothing easy. Heartache, self-doubt, profound frustration. And from the dust, the antisocial, ragged, temperamental guy who's struggled with it all, from the grime, and then from his seat, the deaf composer rises as if he finally hears his scribbled, revised, torn pages, revealing this unbridled, ecstatic song from the heavens about the joy and brotherhood of mankind. Mankind, you know. Those human beings who lived in squalor and misery, which only occasionally was broken by the communal laughter of acknowledgement. And a child, a witness to the premature death of his dear mother, His overwhelming loneliness, coupled with his endless hard toil, he finally walked into a country schoolhouse to become a lawyer with his poor appearance and frail voice. He then failed at every turn in his unlikely career. And who ultimately was thrown into the most turbulent time in his country's history to try and find a way to save its very existence. Who had to finally go on the record to dedicate its civil war as a war to uphold the liberty and opportunity for all people. This most righteous and controversial statement that could have been made in 1863 ultimately cost him his life two years later, just as his great dream was beginning to be realized. And then the man whose mind was 500 years beyond his time. The master's master artist and visionary scientist, but also a torn and troubled soul, all the while creating such great artistic beauty of transcendence and timelessness. And there, in his old age, he made one more drawing, a self-portrait of this old man, this scraggly, ancient man. You see the pain, the troubles, the doubts, the successes, but also the hidden failures, all breathtakingly exposed. You see the eyes, the wisdom of the ages, and every bit of it deeply earned. The magnificent, Ugly transformed into beauty. Victory from a hidden life of defeats. All in one drawing. This is the drawing of greatness. This is the hero's journey. It's not for the faint of heart. It is certainly not for everybody. In fact, it is for very, very few. And the vast majority of greatness and great people will never be heard from. And they themselves would likely be too enmeshed in their world and too focused on the dream greater than themselves to give much attention to the frivolities of honors, awards, badges, and categories like greatness. Greatness. Hi, this is Dr. Golden, and today's episode is entitled The Special Narrative of Greatness. You might ask, if greatness is so special, why would I need to know about it? As a human being, I think it is fundamental to know acknowledge where you can and respect those who have traveled on this very particular road to greatness and to be aware of the great artifacts and deeds left behind, even if it is not your road or life purpose or life mission, even if it never will be such. This is because the narrative of greatness is, in fact, the very essence of the human narrative. It is the essence of what it means to be a human being. It is the deeply human struggle. The road of trials and tribulations, then giving up, then against the odds, achieving and finally being in the light of spirituality, and then reconnecting with the hellish part of life to do it over again, out of an unbridled love for all of mankind. This is the story of greatness and the definition of what it means to be great. It is a tough road. Greatness is the pothole mud road with hubcaps, ruined, broken people, and fortunes scattered along the sides of the road. Now, over there, there are real cool highways. There are many easy ways to achieve, be happy, and content. It is no less an achievement if it is easy. Spirituality is no less a state of being if you get there easily. Mastery needn't have to have huge obstacles nor big dramas. There are a thousand roads to these things. Greatness is but one of many, and it's a tough sucker. It's not the Hollywood hero, unless you mean something like Saving Private Ryan. Our individual life's purpose and mission are almost never on this road. Everyone should be on their own road to achieve happiness, contentment, success, awareness, fun and enjoyment, achievement and spirituality, All of them have a multitude of great paths and modes. This podcast, The Point of the Point, is designed to assist you in whatever path you are on in any way that can help. And I say that 99% of the time, the no pain, no gain adage is totally wrong. You can generally gain without pain. What you need is tenacious persistence and insight. But when that 1% kicks in... Don't fight it. Embrace it. I am sticking this episode in as an homage, an honor, a respect to those people and their artifacts and actions which are on the path of greatness. Again, because it is our responsibility to appreciate it as the most noble expression of humanity. I'll tell you how I feel and have felt when witnessing greatness in any of its forms. And as a quick universal example, I'll use the first four notes of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. You know, da-da-da-da. From a distance, greatness feels very frightening, awe-inspiring and frightening. Like you're up against a godly power. But as I come closer, not always, but often, I feel a deep, profound compassion. Like feeling the pain of the world. Touching it. Releasing it. The human drama, Directly feeling it almost crying, crying. And then, in the very center of this greatness, everything changes. At the center of the light, the creator, I merge with that center. I feel a total power and strength naturally emanating outward a pure vehicle where this light comes through and projects outward in all directions. This is the closest view of greatness. Each of these three distances from greatness can be felt first one, then another. But to really master the consciousness of greatness, try going from one to another at first very slowly, then faster, then almost simultaneously, then all of them simultaneously. That puts you into the consciousness of greatness and its story at once and in its entirety. Now, a disclaimer. As I have said, I am no expert. These are opinions. Second, I tend to give examples of white men in the past. This is because that is what I know, and likely you would have some familiarity with them. Understand that I believe that greatness is absolutely diverse in every possible demographic way. As long as the ground is fertile for greatness, greatness will eventually happen. So let's spend a moment with terms that can be confused with greatness. Number one, mastery. Being a master. When a person is a master, they have total integrity and have that gestalt holiness. It doesn't matter what they do. If you spend 10 minutes watching a master plumber you will pick up more than you would with an hour lecture from an average professor. I recommend that wherever there is a master in their field, listen, watch. That will help you become a master in your field, or for that matter in life, faster than hearing the almost in your field and all the textbooks of a similar bent. Mastery is a consciousness, an attitude. You can soar because you never ever have to think twice about how you were supposed to flap your wings or ever be concerned about what to do technically in a downdraft. You are the artist. You soar. But as far as you're concerned, it's all just part of the job. But Dr. Golden, you say, That's so amazing. That's better than being great. But what again is the difference? Okay, the master expresses the heavenly ideal. The master does this by first becoming an encyclopedia of knowledge and understanding from the left brain. Then the right brain artist takes over and uses this great palette of possibilities from the left brain. And then the master soars. They so elegantly do what they need to do in such a perfect and artistic way. They are in their right brain and no matter what, never have to go back to the left brain library again. They soar. They create. They show us a bit of heaven. So greatness. Now, the plumber or artist on the road of greatness keeps screwing up. But they are driven. They have a vision. But they are neither masters nor are they great. But after many years and countless blunders, not being given any real advantages, they start to do quite amazing work very out-of-the-box, especially in their approach, which, if seen with a trained eye, would seem pretty weird. We now begin to see the potential of greatness in their work, even if it is not altogether great. And then one day, they ate all of their supplements and everything was perfect. They truly mastered that particular job. So they became masters, at least in this situation. And if you look at the work, you will see this certain creativity. It exudes this sense of greatness. And soon everything else is judged by this work. This work suddenly becomes the new prototype. And it has a feel of the wisdom gained through trial and error, the human drama. And yet, it seems to have almost a godly hand guiding it for that work, for that person on that day. They were great, and their work was great, and it was a masterwork as well. But next week, the longstanding, masterful master will do another few masterpieces, and the newly minted great person will likely just shake their head. As hard as it is to become great, it is almost as hard to stay that way. Masters do masterful things, but greatness is a continuing road of redemption that, in a sense, needs to be continually re-earned and relearned. So, what about expert? Authoritative knowledge. I consider myself to be an expert piano teacher. I believe I can actually give informed opinions to a concert pianist. So, as an expert, I should be able to get on stage and perform as well as my theoretical student, right? No way. Expertise refers to one's knowledge base. It also refers to your total comprehension and ability to set up an application for use, like by someone else. What does this have to do with greatness? Generally speaking, nothing. What about humility? The path of greatness is full of humility. Being on it very long humbles you if you were not already humble. But will you automatically do great things if you are humble? No. But I'm so happy that you are humble. Just being humble lets you really enjoy everything else because your ego is not in the way. And there is a lot to enjoy and appreciate. What about arrogance? It is true that sometimes the great person may at a moment sound or look arrogant. They are definitely not. Look deeper. Their intention is humble. Their sense of place is profound. They are having trouble expressing the depth and importance of their vision to those who don't see it quite the way they do. What about magnificence? Not just beautiful, but extravagant, inspiring, amazingly beautiful. So, is that great? Not necessarily so. It can be the result of a master artist or even a near master who likes to impress. Would greatness ever be seen in something magnificent? I'd say really unlikely. The great would use the language of magnificence only as a very last resort to spread their vision. What about heavenly? of the heavens reminiscent of heaven balanced centered pure perfect is it great the master who works in the realm of the heavenly i'll say a heavenly master shows us a touch of heaven this is a holy gift in itself but is it great Generally, it is not great because it does not depict the great path or narrative. It speaks only to the destination. So, Mozart's music can be thought of as heavenly, exquisitely balanced, beautiful pages, all of it coming so natural. He had, in general, a charmed life, a social person, a lover of people. Now, Bach's Dona nobis pacem from the B minor mass, is exceptional. I consider this the finest work of music ever created, a consummate masterpiece built on the shoulders of the prior 300 years of earlier masters. The piece goes from note to note, step to step, moving from here to there. As amazing as the work is, And also the fact that it goes completely from here to there, it has to be great. Well, I'd say yes, but with a small g. That is because while I'm absolutely convinced of the heaven part of the equation, the beginning of the ascension at the beginning of the piece, feels too polished and clean to project the from where we came from part of the equation, but it touches greatness. Chopin, much of his work focuses on the road toward greatness, the pathos, but never quite gets to the destination, except on a few occasions. Two pieces come to mind. His fantasy impromptu, where the middle part has such a heavenly aspect to it but then goes right back to the franticness of the beginning. And his waltz in A minor, it begins very humdrum and proceeds on to the small hopes and disappointments of life. And then organically, but also seemingly from nowhere, the left hand takes us on a ride to heavenly bliss. Then looking around ends by going back to that very bored, tired, and hopeless humdrum beginning. Those two complete the road, but because the final word, the end, goes back to the original situation, they are not great pieces, although they have a touch of greatness in that they complete the road. Rachmaninoff the Second Symphony, actually much Russian music, full of angst, deep feeling, confusion, drama, certainly the path of greatness. Is there any music that actually completes the road to greatness? That takes you from there to heaven in one piece? I don't think so. What about the Americans? George Crumb, Adagio for Strings, especially sung by choir. Now we're talking. The whole journey, more or less. Greatness. What about Copland's fanfare for the common man? Yes, I am convinced of the gritty human beginning, but left in the lurch a bit with the heavenly part. But it gets you from here to there. Bernstein... From West Side Story, one hand, one heart. It's moving. On the road to greatness. Struggle. It suggests the rival, but never arrives. But there is greatness in the peace. That song, Beauty and the Beast. Great longing. Clearly on the greatness road. But as it almost gets there, it backs out. It's full of humanity, greatness, but not great. Okay, it's only three minutes. You can't have everything. Regarding the spoken word, Dr. Martin Luther King had the quality of greatness often in his very presence, the complete path. His last speech and the I Have a Dream speech were great. From here, really here, to there, really there. I will now briefly discuss the fertile ground for the sprouting of greatness. It takes two forces to begin the path of greatness. One is the downward influence of pain, disappointment, anger, fear, hurt, and despair. The other is the upward influence of loving-kindness, Equal justice, true righteousness, desire for betterment. Together, they create a deep longing. The awareness of what is wrong, bad, and ugly, and the fervent hope that things could be better. So, the path of greatness is unnecessary if the downward influence is minimal or non existent. It won't happen because it doesn't need to happen. Everything is heavenly. And if there is no strong upward influence where the heart opens up to loving kindness and or the head opens up to justice and righteousness, the path of greatness simply can't happen. So, what about the transferability of the quality of greatness? As I have asserted, hanging out with masters will make it easier for you to become a master. It is not so much what you learn, but what you catch the same is true with the quality of greatness you can envelop yourself with the atmosphere of a great painting or speech or song or person it will make it that much easier for you to develop greatness and or deeply appreciate it nothing is automatic nor assumed but it will make it easier and finally most importantly When and why should you avoid the greatness paradigm? Well, when the path of greatness taps on your shoulder and pulls on your heart, it's time. Now, as I said, you can make that transition easier when you are around or studying greatness in people. Great people study other great people. Nelson Mandela Martin Luther King, Bishop Desmond Tutu, all studied Gandhi. But after saying that, if greatness isn't tapping on your shoulder, what do you do? My suggestion? Go with good. Good is good. Simple goodness is much better than what people think. Good can be wonderful. Live with contentment. Strive for mastery if you like. That's really cool if that's your personality type and your life's purpose. In any case, get the subtle pleasure, and not-so-subtle pleasure from life, then give back. The more you give back, the more you get. A cliché, but very true. You can do this by simply being good. Let's say that you're at a party and everyone, including you, is great. You know what kind of party that is. It's boring. You know, the same old, same old. Everyone's amazing. I'll bet if you came in and you were the only regular person there, you'd be the life of the party. That's why there are all kinds of people in this world. It's so we don't have boring parties. All I'm saying is that it is an excellent idea to study greatness, great people, great things, because it is the essential human experience, aspiration, and in broad terms, the human movement of awareness. And if you are on the path of greatness, take things a day at a time. And remember the motivating principle of why you are on that path to begin with. It is your unconditional, universal love. Remind yourself of that frequently. And if greatness and its appreciation is only of passing interest to you, wonderful. You obviously don't need more than that on your path at this time. Us humans, we appreciate you, and we really need you on your own path and in your own personal integrity. Now, the performer can be great, But just as great is the audience member who is their regular self and is doing the fantastic service of absorbing all the greatness that is coming their way. When this interaction doesn't happen, the great become insane because they cannot contain the energy that is being bestowed upon them. Ultimately, it will destroy them if left unchecked. Now, the audience doesn't need that great experience. But they lose out by not having that great experience, that interaction with greatness, that pure, sweet energy gift, that charge of humanity, Heaven, That positive energy that the audience member in their own way can and will share with their loved ones. So, look for what has greatness, great elements, and what is truly great. Let it enrich your life. Give it its due. Then continue your mission feeling a bit more refreshed and inspired. Before I go, the historic figures I alluded to at the beginning of this episode were the great composer Ludwig van Beethoven listening to his Ninth Symphony, then our great American president Abraham Lincoln, and finally the great Leonardo da Vinci looking at his self-portrait. Well, that's a wrap. Obligatory note, every word and every note of this episode is original content created for entertainment purposes only. Got it? Thanks for listening. And tune in to our next episode of Point to the Point. This is Dr. Golden signing off. Cause the real true answer is just how they're adjoined. Cause what we're all really seeking Is the point of the point